This podcast is hosted by R Double P. The following episode contains coarse language, violent themes, sexual references, and the really creepy stuff. If you're underage, turn off your device. Normal people, Esther, don't just go straight to demonic infestation like we do. Because the government was also freaked out about babies. They might be dealing with a demonic possession. Meanwhile, as she's on top of him, squeezing his throat, she's screaming, who sent him here? And they started to move towards her really fast. What are these? Australian aliens. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, welcome back to I Think My Fridge is Haunted. It's season four, episode nine. And my very special guest for today is Honey. You may know her from the My Mum is a Porn Star podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really happy that you're here because it's interesting. Um, I, apart from Flea from Ghost Bitches, I've never really had anyone on the show that's kind of also a podcaster. <laughs> I mean, she's not a podcaster. So she's a YouTuber, but um, it's it's going to be quite interesting, I think, because a lot of people that are not sort of in podcasting, they're a bit shy and oh, I'm not, tr- not shy. Like, <laughs> like says in our sort of like, no, was it says or was it Shanette? Shanette was like, um, oh, can I talk? Like, is it okay if I say something? Like, <laughs> can, yeah, she's like kind of putting her hand up and stuff. I was like, no, 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 you can talk. That's what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how's your week been? Uh, good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, just pretty, it's been a pretty average week. Pretty av? Yeah, but you know, I've been (laughs) running around like a chook or mentally running around trying to madly, um, drum up support and get people in putting in submissions against, uh, the section nine of the online safety bill that's currently open for submissions at closest today. All right, tell us, let's wind back, (laughs) tell us about this. So online safety bill is, uh, they're saying it's protect for children sort of thing from the nasty porn and and stuff like that. Okay, so this is like an internet... So uh, yeah, so like, yeah, firewall so, type thing or something, is it? Yeah, so basically what they're doing, because Australian already has laws that protect us against um, obscene content, terrorism, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But they brought it, bringing in this new bill saying that it's about anti-bullying and protecting children from porn and everything, which most of the bill is actually fairly good. But there's this section, section nine, that is just going to screw everybody hardcore because they make no um, differentiation or, you know, they mix porn, like consensual adult content in with non-consensual adult content. So, for example, you know, just your regular run-of-the-mill you know, porn video will be uh, treated in the same way as a child abuse video. Exactly. And they also make no... Um, distinction between nudity and pornography okay so then anything that's all your arts yes everything with your nudity and stuff like that your botticelli paintings all that will all come under it 
your sex education, all that will all come under it. We'll all be put in the same class. That's a problem. Yeah. So that's why, and it's going to have a flow on effect to social media because we've all just been through the Facebook debacle when the government brought in that, you know, bill that, and then Facebook took down everything and affected all these small businesses. Do you mean the news? Yeah, the news. Cancellation. Cancellation. That was so weird. It was so weird. And now the news is back. I don't get it. Yeah. But it didn't just take down the news. It took down the weather. It took down all these other, like, small businesses around journalism and so many people were affected. And support networks and support groups, like, um, was it Lifeline or Respect or something yeah. like that was taken down? Yeah, all that, all that gone because of this one poorly worded, broadly whatever law that you want to say that the government. So this is the same sort of flow-on effect that this bill will have. Right. If we don't stop this section nine of it. I was, see, I'm confused about the entire thing, but it's good to have someone here that gets it and not only gets it, but is passionate about it and knows, can foresee what knock-on effect this is going to have to the rest of us. So, yeah, so um, another concerning thing is that it was open for submissions from the public up until the 14th of February and there was over 370 submissions put uh, put in. Mm Mm-hmm. And then seven days later, they've shoved it in front of the Senate. So seven days is not enough time to them to seriously consider all those submissions. Right. So they're not even really listening to the public. When no. So um, the second round of submissions, which they only gave us five working days to get them in. This is how. Really? This is the really concerning thing. They are ramming this through Parliament while we're all distracted with everything else that's going on in the news. Why? Why do they want this so bad if it's going to cause so many issues and it's so short-sighted? Because what it does, it gives the the e-safety commissioner power, absolute power, like you would not believe. Anything she deems offensive or obscene can be pulled down off the internet. doesn't matter if it's hosted in Australia or not. Mm -hmm. And it can um, force Google and that to remove links to that content as well within 24 hours. And this is, there's no oversight, there's no rules of any criteria this has got to mean, meet to be, like, pulled down or whatever. It's what she considers. Right. I, I'm feeling like the only person that's going to benefit out of this is uh, the, the, the sex DVD shops are going to go back into business. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it, you know, we're going to be turning back the clock yeah. to the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a massive problem. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of um, back in the late 2000s when, um, when I was living in the UK and there was a British minister that wanted to classify burlesque dancers as sex workers. Mm-hmm. And everybody was up in arms about that. What it was, it was that we had to get certain licenses to put on shows and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which was ridiculous. Yeah. As a person that knows burlesque dancers and and strippers, um, yeah, it's it's an art form. I, I don't know. I don't know why people get so upset about when it's consensual mm-hmm. because it's our own bodies. We have should have agency over our own bodies. Yes, I completely agree. Completely agree. And if you're not hurting anyone and people are getting paid, great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're up and down, like jumping up and down about porn. I'm like, 
Actually, the Aussie porn industry is one of the most ethical out of all the world's porn industries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... And do you mean that in in terms of genre or in terms of performers getting paid or in which way do you find it ethical? Um <clears throat> In which way in the performers are treated better on set. There's okay. nowhere near the abuse of power and stuff like that that there right. is in other countries, especially like the big, um, like America. American's porn industry is, yeah, it's full of lots of power abuse and stuff like that. But in Australia, it's all lots of little independent creators who are all wanting to work together to create a high standard of ethics and, yeah, we actually have one of the safest countries in the world to do porn in. That's good to know. Wow, that's your fact from the freezer. <laughs> oh, no, I have facts from the freezer. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, okay, so where can people go to in the, if they want to um, learn more about uh, this Section 9? Ooh, okay, now this is a good question. Um, where should I send people? Follow, uh, follow you online because you've been uh, you've been posting every day about it. Yeah, yeah, I've been posting about every day about it. So on um, Twitter and Insta, I'm at Miss Honey Anal. Um, yeah, there's lots of people that are posting about it. FYI, everybody, Miss Honey is a sex worker. Uh, her real <laughs> name is not Anal, uh, <laughs> unless you've changed it by default. Yeah, no. I don't know. <laughs> This is true. Um, so yeah, um, my professional name is Miss Honey Anal Verker. Yeah. So, but that's basically German for anal, pretty much. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Which way? Um, yeah. So if you get on Twitter and like search around your hashtags and everything, that's going to get you to all the good information. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. the feed have done articles on it. Um, who else has done? Yeah, there's been quite a few. Places that have done articles on it as well. You're just going to have to get around to find it because I could send you to the government site and that's going to tell you bugger all. We'll put some bits and pieces up on our stories on Instagram. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Shall we do facts from the freezer? Yes. Okay. Facts from the freezer. Facts from the freezer. Okay. Do you want to go first? Well... You had told me that you were going to do quite a heavy story today. Yeah, actually, we can't. Yeah, yeah, it's not a happy story. It's not a happy story. Yeah, it's a discussion topic, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. I love a good discussion. And 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 also, when we spoke, and I said I can't choose between two, I'm like, oh. So I have two, and I have a heavy one and a not so heavy one. Cool. What would you like first? Not so heavy. Okay, so my, my first fact, because I'm I'm a bit of a poo nerd, believe it or not. Okay, <laughs> you'll fit in perfectly. <laughs> I, I love facts about poo. Yes, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> there are four bags of poo on the moon. What? Yeah. Neil Armstrong, when they were up there doing their thing, having a, their little walk, they left little doggy bags behind. They didn't take... Like their... a dog park? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't take their poo with them. They just left it there on the moon. No respect. I know. How rude is that? Oh, my God. Like, I can even remember, like, I was at this... Uh, event once and everything and i had to do my business outside on the grass <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of was it we camping 
Yeah, oh, it was an outdoor. It was an event at a shed, and there's a whole story as to why I had to do it on the sh- on the grass. But it's probably not friendly for your audience. But even for our <laughs> audience, <laughs> <laughs> it may have had to do with porn. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, because there was also an event, and people are all still walking around outside. I didn't want anybody stepping in that. Right. So I made my little bag, but I had nowhere to put the bag because of this event. We had to take all our rubbish with us, so I had to take my little doggy bag of poo with me. It's my dogs. It's my dogs. <laughs> and then I didn't want the poo is stinking up my car in the hot for like a several hour drive home. So I've stopped. It. And I know, being a dog owner, it stinks at you. You got to double bag that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I can just remember like pulling up to the first KFC I come across and going and dumping my little doggy bag in their rubbish, my little bag of poo. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what? Situations. It's just like I feel like fridges as a whole, we get into these types of situations and it's funny, but it's kind of like, well, only us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, because apparently astronauts they don't take their poo with them they just leave it there okay so the moon needs a, a, a sewage plant mm, or a sun- oh people could just take their rubbish with or a bin them. Yeah, just a bin yeah a bin yeah <laughs> a wheelie bin on the moon <laughs> when's the next bin day uh, it's in about uh, 25 years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say you had another one? I do. Oh, cool. Okay. This one's my heavy fact, though. All right, cool. Okay, for for you Melbourne peeps, Queen Vic Market here in Melbourne Mm -hmm. is actually built on an Aboriginal graveyard. It sure is. Mm. Yes, yes. And I know that because I went to uh, uh, the the ghost tour that used to run out of the haunted bookshop (gasps) back in the day. There's a lot of bodies under the Vic Market. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe... They're segregated into like the Catholic section and there's an Aboriginal section mm-hmm. and there's like a criminal section mm-hmm. and um, I don't know, Protestants and, and Baptists. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Really so, interesting. Yeah. Melbourne's crazy like that, though. Yeah, and I often wonder that people realise when they're just walking around doing their shopping going, yeah, you're walking all over. And then because, like, being Aboriginal myself too, I get all, like, (gasps) Mm -hmm. about it. But I know somebody used to go and do smoking ceremonies every year to, like... To cleanse? To cleanse. Really? And hear, like, the parents... Because, you know, traditionally with our beliefs and everything, people walking all over our, um, our... burial site and everything it's not going to make for happy people buried in those graves no i guess not so yeah so i know somebody used to go and do yearly smoking ceremonies to calm that's the, nice to know that's yeah. comforting so i think um also a lot of ghosts have been seen in that <sighs> area i remember some sort of story about the nighttime security guards um seeing weird things and sort of freaking out yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it was not, not not supposed to be anybody around. Yeah. yeah, I believe it. Maybe there wasn't a smoking ceremony that year. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I've heard about that like back in the nineties or something like that. So yeah, hopefully they've uh, moved to a better place. Yeah, hopefully. Follow the light. Yeah. So check this out. When lightning strikes sand or sandy soil, it fuses together the grains to create small glass-like tubes known as fuel, fulgurites. Oh. They are not only pr- 
prized by collectors, they are also of great scientific value in demonstrating past occurrences of lightning storms. This is what... Oh, you'll like this. This is what a fulgurite looks like. Oh. It's quite phallic. It is quite phallic. (laughs) And it looks a bit like old dry dog poo, actually, when it's gone white. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in that movie Step Brothers, lick the white poo. (laughs) But there's like loads of different types. Like, you know, they come in sort of, um, you know, all sorts of sort of shapes and sizes and things. But it's quite cool. It's quite cool. It's like. Yeah, some interesting shapes, actually. Yeah, I'll put some of these up on Instagram. But it's it's like, yeah, lightning came here and left its mark. It's very, very cool Mm. and decorative. Do you want to know something I learned the other week, which is not cool, but glass related? Okay. Um, That they're actually predicting that the world will eventually have like, and eventually as in like not extremely far in the future, eventually a glass shortage. What? Yeah, because they're going to run out of the sand and stuff that it's made out of. Really? Because it's a limited thing. And, like, it takes thousands of years to make sand. If we keep just, like, gobbling up all the sand that we use to make glass, that we're going to run out and there's going to be a glass shortage. Um, That's really interesting. If you think about all the different things that we use glass for, whether it be bottles, um, you know, our car windows, Mm -hmm. um, substrate for reptiles. Yeah. Can we not just recycle the glass that we have? Yes, we can. So there is that, but there's still the whole thing that, you know, we could run out of sand. That's interesting. Because it takes so long to actually make sand. Wow. And as the seas rise and cover up our beaches and stuff like that, because, you know, global warming. Yeah. We're going to start running out of beaches. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> How weird. Yeah. It's something I've literally never heard about no. or never even thought about. Like, yeah. oh, what if we run out of glass? Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard it and it was, my mind was blown. I was like, whoa. I'm sitting here literally looking through my glasses at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we get to – oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about this Caroline Haddock case? Mm-hmm. The con woman from Sydney whose foot was found. Oh, oh, right. Okay. You don't the know foot. about this? Oh, I vaguely heard something about a foot and, yeah, I, it's, my mind's been elsewhere this week. I've been following this case for a couple of months. So this woman, she's a, she's a wife, she's a mum. She lives in – well, she lived in Sydney late last year, went missing, and then it was found that she actually had been conning people out of money. Mm-hmm. Um I spoke to a colleague at work about this. He, he's he got this whole theory that she's like in a Ponzi scheme, something like that. Yep. Anyway, she's gone missing, went for a jog in a very um, wealthy part of Sydney. Mm-hmm. And uh, about a week ago, her freaking foot in a sneaker was found down at Marimbula. Ah. So somebody wasn't happy with her ripping them off and thought they'd get their own back. Well, I'm thinking, well, Louis, my husband, he's just like, oh, she messed with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Other people think that she's fallen off a cliff. Now, apparently where she went missing, where she lives, it's near a, a, a place called, um, it's called something like the Point or the Height or something like that. And it's like a huge cliff and it's like a suicide area. Mm-hmm. Some people say that she's jumped off that mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just the, the elements of caused you know her body to break apart and sort of wash down 
Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, have coast. Made, yeah, I haven't made following the case to know whether <clears> or not that foot was waterlogged. What sort of like the wound, like where it was cut off, was it a clean thing? Was it? That's a That's exactly a... what I said. Yeah. I want to know. Like, has it just have the have the tendons and the joints just been sort of you know floated apart? Yeah. Or is there a clean cut? Yeah. Is like, there a, yeah. has she been dismembered? Yeah, exactly. Dismembered, or has she been eaten by animals? Has she like yeah gotten waterlogged and sort of come apart? You know, yeah. Things. And uh, one thing I want to know is a is she still alive? Mm-hmm. She could be, yeah. She could be dodging people going, oh, look, faking a death. Don't need a foot. Got another one. Or someone else is like, can it be keeping her somewhere? Yeah. And it's chopping bits off and throwing him in the sea. Well, they could, well, yeah. They didn't like the taste of the rest of her or something, maybe. She could be still alive. She could out be. Out there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and another thing is this, if she has got involved in someone to do with organized crime mm-hmm. that doesn't, you know, that she's, she's crossed and, or mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's conned their grandma or something like that. Yep. And, and the grandma sent the boys down. Yep. Is this a warning to anyone else that's in her Ponzi scheme? Mm, yeah, maybe. I'm just thinking about all the dodgy Could people Could be a I message. <laughs> Could be a message. Could be a message. I'd say more likely somebody's pissed off. It's really weird. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know the coroner's report on that foot. I want to know, is it a clean cut? Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. they're saying she committed suicide. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think know. she's I think she's 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 got involved in criminal underbelly. Yeah. Let's talk about uh this documentary that was on last night. Uh is it called Under Investigation? The Liz Hayes documentary. They were talking about the disappearance of Carol Clay mm-hmm. and her um illicit partner, Russell. Mm-hmm. They went missing last March at the very beginning of COVID. Yep. Um, a couple in their 70s, uh, they went camping way out in sort of northeast Victoria, way out in the sticks. Yeah. Uh, in the high country. In the high country. Yep. And then their, their campsite was found completely burned and uh, their sleeping bags were gone and there was no... There's never been any trace of them mm. found. Yeah. Um, personally, I was super disappointed with this documentary. I thought it was going to be so much more. What did you think? Okay, yeah, I thought it was a bit black. Well, actually, one thing I couldn't get over the whole entire documentary, the best mate, Rob, you know, the guy. That, best mate, Rob, yeah. from the radio club. So, like, when he's going, oh, yeah, I talked to the, the wife, um, Russell's wife, whatever her name was, at Bingo, and she said that they used to be high school, oh, you know, high school sweethearts and everything, and he goes, and I was couldn't believe she wasn't more upset and everything. If that was one of my loved ones and somebody was sniffing around, I'm going, people are not objects. You do not get to own people for like somebody to be sniffing around them people are entitled to make their own choices you do not get to control them and who they interact with it's like but he's very of his generation oh yeah he's very of his absolutely oh definitely and yeah and i grew up surrounded with people like this but this is all the change that i rail against in society is this toxic monogamy culture that causes all this harm like Imagine in a world where we didn't just say monogamy is the only way 
and they could have been open about their relationship that they didn't have to sneak off all these years again it's this it's generational beliefs isn't it but yep. generational tradition and we're coming out of that though yeah we are. i mean you know i i don't know about your well i think your circle of friends is probably very similar to my circle of friends we've got friends that are gay straight bi trans you know and it's just it, it's normal to us. Oh yeah, and it will it will come. It will you know, come. It will, it, with the generations. It will it will smooth out. Yeah, I was just twitching, watching. It was just like <gasps> you can't change the world overnight. No, I can't. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll sit down and, and shut up. Now. But that's part <laughs> of the story. That's why the story was so intriguing as well, because Carol, you know, she's in, um, you know, the Country Women's Association again. Another extremely conservative pillar of country Australian culture. Oh yeah, there is. I've, they've made many a bloody good egg sanger. I'll tell you, many many good cookbooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, definitely affairs and 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 extramarital or or the suggestion of of any kind of extramarital activity definitely frowned upon. Yeah, so there's the thing, like, they stopped putting her on the list of honour people. They're like, only six people. Super sad. Yeah. Right? I was, so sad and so oh, disrespectful. So, yeah, exactly. I was mad at that. And I have been to many a CWA event over my life. Right, and you bitches tell me you've never had an affair. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> oh, the old people are so randy. You know, they're out there doing their thing. You could Jeez, probably tell us a alone. few stories, but, you know, um... <laughs> Look, standards, but it is yeah. what it is. But that is what makes this story so, so intriguing. Mm. And I actually know two people with connections to this to this story as well. A girl that I work with, it's like her friend's uncle or something. And my sister is friends with Carol's daughter's friend. Yeah. So, but being in the southeastern suburbs, you know, everyone's kind of got a connection to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it is close to home, which is another reason why I found it really interesting and mm. um It'd be good to know if they actually find some trace of these people and or find some evidence of what those final hours were. Yeah. What I found really interesting was where um, how they suspect somebody that's been intruders to the campsite that have gathered up all the shit, like all their belongings and everything, and dumped in the fire and burnt them all. And then they've also got the ute with the that's locked with the wallets inside it with the cards and money not in them, Strewing. but just yeah, but the random cards like the Maya Plus card yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you know, has no your, value. Yeah. You know your they're, your coffee shop stamp card and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they were all just, in there. Yeah, they're all in there, just strewn all over the place. That bank cards and everything are all gone. Yes, and the ute's locked in the campsite. Like this looks like somebody's tried to burn the evidence, sort of thing. What I found really puzzling. Like, you know, I've, I've lived on the shady side of the tracks for a chunk of my life there. I know plenty of people that have stolen cars and done insurance jobs and everything. Anybody I know, anybody I know that would have done that would have burnt out the ute as well. Isn't that odd? It's really odd. Why that not burn the, the ute too? Yeah, that was the detail that really stuck out to me. Going, why didn't they burn the ute? They've obviously been in the ute. They've obviously handled the ute. There's DNA. There's all the things. None of the boys never not burned the car. It's the like, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Because there's the a boys. lot of reference to the boys today. Like grandma's <laughs> sending the boys down to Sydney. And the boys aren't. The boys aren't burning out the ute. Yeah. The, can the boys give us a call? Tell us what's going on. 
Uh, no, you're absolutely right. It's very, very odd. Uh, very, very bizarre. Mm. And I have to wonder that the police know more. They're not telling us. Oh, they always do. Yeah. Like you said, there's going to be DNA evidence in the in the car. Mm-hmm. Really weird. Yeah. Really, really weird. And how, yeah, and how Rob, Russell's best friend, was like, uh, why was the, the fire, like, so close, so close to the ute? Like, there's mm-hmm. no way he would have made a fire. Uh, less than 20 metres away, you know, uh, from, from the ute. It was yeah. all just, just, it's such a massively weird story. Yeah, like it was definitely, you know, if Blind Freddy could see that, that the way the fire was and all the things in the fire, that somebody's obviously tried to burn and cover up stuff in that fire. That was a deliberate thing to burn the tent and all that stuff. And then the fact that the sleeping bags are missing. Well, there's Sleeping bags are missing, mobile phones are missing, the drone is missing. Yeah, yeah, the sleeping bag. That's like a little handy carry, like, take your... Well, Rob said. Yeah, yeah. Used as body bags. Used, yeah, basically. Anyway, we don't know. Yeah. They're out there somewhere. Mm. Do you want to move on to our next item? Okay, we can do that. Okay, so uh, my sources today were The Courier, A Current Affair. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Was it Yarn Event? <laughs> uh was it uh no it wasn't it was it was dimity okay right, right. <laughs> uh abc news seven news and marieclaire.com trigger warning uh violence against women sexual assault if you feel that this is going to be an issue for you uh come back next week we'll have something else to talk about probably be aliens we'll see and uh so i'm going to be talking about um Abuse slaves in Australia. Uh Uh-huh. I originally had called it sex slaves, but then I changed it to abuse slaves. Yes. And I've got a couple of different stories. I originally had three different um, sort of examples of this, but I think one of them I'm going to reserve for a a longer story in a later episode. So I was just going to say, I assume when you say abuse or sex slaves, you're not talking of the consensual BDSM kind like I'm familiar with. No, 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 absolutely not. Okay, right. No, no, no. Sorry for the confusion. No, No, absolutely not. Just clarifying. So the first um, piece of crap I'm going to tell you about is a guy called Thomas Jennings. Uh, At the time this story came out, the perpetrator of this crime was protected by a suppression order and his name was not allowed to be released in 2018. But we now know that his name is Thomas Jennings. So this story starts a few years back, um, but the articles seem to be a little bit confused. In most of the articles and in the documentary that I saw, it said it started in 2016, but the ages and the maths don't really add up. I think it started closer to 2014. Okay. Uh, so this happens here in Victoria, northwest of Ballarat, in a suburb in a suburb called Wendery. Oh, okay. You heard of Wendery? No. But- Wendory? I don't know. I can't pronounce most of the bloody suburb <coughs> names down here. So 21-year-old Thomas Jennings meets 16-year-old Angelique at a party and they start dating. Angelique is extremely vulnerable. She has intellectual disabilities. She does not have reading or writing skills. She has very few family and friends to look out for her. And soon enough, she's moved in with this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically... He just tries to control her yep. straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. He gets her to sign a master and submissive contract, 
which she thinks is some sort of real estate document. Okay. She said, I thought it was just something to do with the lease or the house or something. And after I signed it, he said, well, now I'm the master and you're the submissive, which means you're my slave. <sighs> so much to unpack there as a kinkster and about responsible kink and everything. <sighs> yeah. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. okay. Yeah, you want time okay. to think? No, 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 it's okay. It's, it's just, yeah, just like straight away I'm like, under 16, you can't sign any contract, obviously. Kink mm-hmm. uh, with an under with a, uh, under 18, I mean. Oh, mm. Yeah. Mm. And, oh, yeah. She mm. mad. She mad. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Kink is not an excuse to be an asshole. I don't think he even knows what kink is to be. This guy is like, oh, my God, he's just such a mistake of nature. Okay. Oh, right, God, yeah. this dude. Okay. So she moves in. She signs this weird contract mm-hmm. and the abuse begins. Mm-hmm. Apart from beating and choking her regularly, mm-hmm. he puts a dog collar on her and makes her crawl around the house on all fours. Mm-hmm. And then he locks her in a dog cage and leaves her there for as long as he wants to stay there. And then he tells her to come out when, mm-hmm. when he feels. And another thing he would do is he would, when she was in the shower, he would pour chili powder all over her and then make her stop the shower and get out and 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 would make her remain with all this chili powder stuck all over her, mm-hmm. sort of burning her skin. He would keep her inadequately dressed. He would keep her away from the outside world, prevent her from seeing what few family members and friends that mm-hmm. she had. There was literally no one coming to the house checking mm. on her. Um, he would limit her food and water intake, and he would also say that he would have his dog attack her. He had like a big, like a pit bull type of dog. Yeah. And he would hold the dog near her and threaten to let it go. And apparently he would sometimes actually let this dog go ahead and attack her, and he would film it. Oh, my God. That must have been so terrifying for the poor thing. Yeah. Oh my God, poor girl. Uh, Jennings would also burn Angelique, and he would give her electric shocks. Uh, there are some articles out there and this current affair video, just uh, look up um, Thomas Jennings Ballarat current affair. It's on YouTube mm-hmm. um, and this girl is interviewed. Um, these articles suggest that his family knew about what was going on, including his mum and his sister, because Angelique says that he would ask his mum to get plastic for the purpose of killing her. He, oh. he said he would wrap Angelique up and take her out to the bush to bury her alive. Oh, what a nice mum. Yeah, instead of bloody wrapping your sandwich for lunch, here you go, darling, wrap your missus. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't swear by No, that. you can. <laughs> but, yeah, no. You're in Esther's seat. <laughs> I'm in es- oh, well, that's okay then. I've got free reign. Yeah, no, f- that's fucked. Um, so, you so know, he's levels. not just physically... Um, abusing her. He's he's emotionally, he's psychologically oh, yeah. torturing her. Definitely, because there's so many of the things that you lifted there, so many of the things that you listed there in a consensual kink environment mm-hmm. are perfectly normal. But yeah. this is not a consensual kink environment. No, absolutely not. This girl cannot consent. She's not, she doesn't have the ability to consent to this. She's, this just, there's just so much wrong with this picture. So even, much wrong. So even as just, a, yeah, as a fucked up pervert myself, I, I'm looking at that going, that's fucked. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you know the rules and you have ethics. Yeah. True. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, she said, he made me believe that everything he was doing was right and I deserved every bit of it. So he really has chosen her uh, as a person that he can mould mm-hmm. and he can manipulate yeah. and he can control. He, yeah. he, he targeted her. Oh, definitely, yeah. So this goes on for three years. <gasps> Poor thing. This is not like a weekend or, you know, whatever. This, this goes on for a very long time. Um, so, again... Sort of the articles on this case are a little bit sketchy, but it says that uh, around about 2017 is when she finally, this comes to an end. So Thomas brings this new friend over one day called Chris. His name is Chris Bourne. And he meets Angelique and he's appalled at what's going on. And Thomas apparently would abuse her like in front of this guy thinking, oh, I can trust this guy. He's my mate, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. You know, it's cool. Um. He tells the current affair, this guy Chris, she was so small, she was malnourished, she was not clothed half the time properly, and she would just be hiding in a corner waiting to be beaten. Mm. This is happening two hours from us. Yeah, no, it's it's fucked. And, like, I hear elements of that, like, you know, the signing the contract, and I, I can't help but wonder, you know, did he hear a Fifty Shades of Grey or something and how the guy, like, signs, gets them to sign a contract and she can she just signs away with no actual understanding of what's in the contract? Like, well, in the current affair segment, she said, <clears throat> she says, oh, apparently it's something they used to do in the olden days. Her words. Uh, no. So this is what he's led her to yeah, believe. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. But I'm just, it's yeah, just, just. If he's, I'm wondering, is he a dipshit? Like, as oh yeah, he, yeah. Like, is he a dumb cunt as well as a dipshit, or is he intelligent that he's planned this out, or is he like, is he stupid? Do you this, think? No, this guy's not that smart. He's not. He's, that smart. he's not that smart. I think he's just he's just a base level misogynist. Mm. Radio. So I'm just wondering where is he getting these ideas for these particular things from? What influences? But anyway, that's the psychological nerd. In that's me, all so the psychological, and we don't know that information. We don't know mm. what the the you know the male figures in his family. Mm. We don't know anything about them. Yeah, and the fact that his pe- family was on board, like his mum and everything, they were. Ca- oh, that's so wrong. Systemic family mm-hmm. abuse just yep. goes round and round, mm-hmm. generational, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So Chris also said he attempted to have his dog attacked her, attack her. He grabbed it by the collar, told it to kill her and just went into full attack mode. And he had every intent to release the dog on her. So Chris saw this happen while he was there and he said, and this is a bit weird. He goes, there was a machete on the table. Yeah. So he picks up the machete and he said, um, if you release that dog, I'm going to kill the dog. Yeah. So uh, Jennings, he backs down. Yeah. So Chris wants to do something to help. So he goes to the police, but the police are not very helpful. They need evidence that the the abuse is happening. And so technically by this stage, she would have been over the age 18 too, yeah? Yeah. Which so so now she's an adult in the police's mind as well. True. Yeah. Yeah. So unless she comes forward specifically. Um. See, he, he's, he's having these really brief sort of secret conversations with Angelique when he goes over and he's, he's keeping this facade mm-hmm. that he's still Jennings' friend yep. so that he can go there and check on her. Yep. 
So he goes online and he buys this um, this panic button. Mm-hmm. And he says that if you push this button, it's going to come through to my phone and I can see and I'll come over. Yeah. So this one day, he she pushes the button. Mm-hmm. He gets this notice and he races over there. And he... Um, he arrives at the house and he, and he tells Jennings, Hey man, the police need to speak to Angelique about this illegal firearm you told me about. And he'd been telling people that this illegal firearm that he had belonged to Angelique. Mm-hmm. So of course he doesn't want to go under for, you know, if the police are on, on to him for having illegal firearms, yep. of course he's going to put the, you know, the blame on her. Mm-hmm. So he falls for it. And he takes her down to the station. Well, when she's taken into an interview room, the police tell her she's not there because of a firearm issue. They tell her she's safe and she just has to give a statement about the abuse that she's endured. Mm -hmm. They put a blanket around her. They make her a cup of Milo. They take pictures of her injuries and her scars. And then finally, there's a case against this wanker. Jennings is charged with over 20 offences, but made a plea deal, which left him pleading guilty to only 11 charges and the rest were dropped. The judge said the complainant has an intellectual disability and was a vulnerable person because, and because of that, you took full advantage of her vulnerability. Uh, a number of acts are monstrous acts of harm, intimidation, and humiliation of her. This is an example where someone could die of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. However, he's only jailed for two years and eight months. <sighs> Some of the charges were false imprisonment, assault with weapon, willfully urged dog to bite, uh, and now he's out. So a current affair did their thing Mm -hmm. and basically just kind of followed him and his family (laughs) (laughs) until his sister was screaming at them. He's also, they've also caught him. He's driving around in a, um, in a vehicle that doesn't have any license plates. Mm -hmm. He's just an idiot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, and also he's an idiot that thinks he can get away with everything. Oh my God. What is that with dumb people that are so dumb they realize they don't know shit? You know what I mean? They actually believe they're like, like, oh, yeah, I can get away with it. Australia is watching Thomas Jennings. <laughs> so Angelique has now changed her name and she's moved away from the area and she wants to warn people against this man. She's been quite vocal about her ordeal and there are quite a few videos and articles about the case you can go and read and you can see her talking about it. Uh, Chris was not happy with the jail term and he said she went through three years of torture and he got a lighter sentence than what she did. True that, eh? That's fucked. And Angelique said, it's always going to be playing on my mind somewhere or sitting in my heart, but Mm. now is the time for me to be happy. So I should be able to deserve happiness. Mm. So that is the Thomas Jennings story. I wish there was more on it. There's just, there's not a massive amount on this story out Mm. there, to be honest with you. But um, people should know about it because, you know, people are keeping women in, in cupboards, in garages, in basements. This is happening as we speak. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's one of the things I face working in the sex industry is like everybody's all like going, you know, oh, there's poor traffic sex workers. Well, actually, no, in Australia, we're not. And it's 
these sorts of cases, these are the the women and and the victims because it's not just women, you know that need to be helped. You know, not. So, are you saying that in actual licensed establishments that people are being trafficked, or that's what the opinion is? That's what the opinion is, and that's not the case. You know, and that's, wow. And then when they talk about bringing in laws and 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 stuff like that, and like and. We're pushing for decrim in Victoria. It's legalized, mm-hmm. but we're pushing for decriminalisation in New South Wales. There's decriminalisations, and people go, "Oh no, you know you can't decriminalise it because then the traffickers will have free reign." Well, no, in New South Wales and New Zealand, where it is decriminalised, they have the lowest weights of trafficking in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the opposite, and there's so much stigma and myths out there, and it's just. <sighs> but these are the people. These are the people that are actually being you know trafficked you know and held against their will and used and abused and this is why oh i'm gonna get on my high horse about education do it but this is why we have to sexually educate and empower our youth to understand these sorts of situations like a contract you know um to understand yeah Kink gets put into this whole little, oh, it's so terrible and rah, 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 and shame factor, and then nobody talks about it, and then people end up in situations. Not that she obviously was looking for kink. I'm just saying, like... Mm. But that's when people find themselves in a position where they are being taken advantage of because there is a lack of education. Exactly, yeah. So I just... mm. Situations like this, this is what we need to help. Right. And education and awareness is how we're going to create change. Have you ever come across a person in uh, a, a sex worker who you felt was being pressured into doing the work? The only times I've ever come across that, it's generally the boyfriend. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's generally the boyfriend going, oh, it's easy money, make us money. And, um, and, so, and people don't even realise that that's a form of trafficking yes. sort of thing. Um, where if you mainly most workers I know, um, yeah, 99.9% of them, they're very strong, empowered people mm-hmm. that are ch- making a conscious choice for themselves. Yeah. 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 And for some people that is just the right job for them. It's a job that they enjoy. They're people, people. Yeah. And it's a job that they understand. Mm. Uh, cause a lot of people don't. Let's no. just be, <laughs> let's just be honest. <laughs> So Angelique is an example of a, just a straight abuse yeah, case. Yeah. This next one that we're going to talk about is more on the trafficking okay. side of things. Yep. And this is a recent one. It's just come out. Uh, this this is about uh, a... So I just should just clarify, when you say traffic, what's your definition? How do you view that word? Well, someone who's being imprisoned mm-hmm. is not necessarily someone that's being trafficked. Mm. So I would say someone that's been trafficked is someone that has been um, imprisoned for the purpose of sale in some way. Okay, right, cool. Yep. In the way that drugs are trafficked, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. Okay, cool. So Angelique, like, you know, Jennings wasn't necessarily using her for a profit. Yeah. He was just using her to abuse and to gain a sense of control. Mm -hmm. This next one is different, though. Okay. So... um, on Friday, the 5th of February in 2021, so this is like two weeks ago, yep. it was reported that a man and a woman had been charged with drugging several women and keeping them as sex slaves in Brisbane. 
Police began investigating this after a tip-off back in October of last year. Yeah. So there's not much on this case yet. It's new. Mm-hmm. It's pretty new, but I'll tell you what I know. The girls were kept at two separate locations and they were actually used to sell sex to clients. And some of these, I'll say in quotation marks, bookings, yeah. but I've put in um, parentheses crimes because, yeah, yeah uh, they were recorded. Mm-hmm. I suppose maybe to use against the clients. Mm-hmm. I'm not really certain on that anyway, but they were recorded. Yeah. The case has been described by one of the detectives called Juliet Hancock as modern day slavery. Mm-hmm. So Matthew James Marcro, who was 35, along with Crystal Marie Sawyer and another woman named Hannah Stead, who are both 23 years of age, were arrested when two properties were searched in South Brisbane and Mount Gravatt East, which I looked on Google Maps and it's about 20 minutes south of Brisbane. Okay. And what the police found at this house were four women and girls between the ages of 17 and 24. It seems that Marco and Sawyer, the one of the younger women, were working together on this human trafficking ring. Apparently they're a couple and she sees herself as kind of a mother figure to these trafficked women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Police think there are more victims out there. In the search, they also found the recordings. So that's evidence to be used in court, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also found drugs on the premises and evidence to support sexual servitude and organized prostitution offenses. Mm -hmm. What do you think that would be? Okay, so the way they tend to police these laws is they like to drum them up and always make them sound worse than they are. I'm not saying that these women are not victims, like the sort of thing, like by the sounds of things, yeah, life, yeah, it wasn't good for them. Mm -hmm. But the police will do things like uh, in the states where, this is Queensland, yeah? Yeah. So in Queensland, it's illegal for two workers to work from the same building. You could be in an apartment building and in your apartment and another worker that you didn't know about can be in another apartment in that building, but you're still working from the same building, so they then class you as running a brothel. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so there's these all these sorts of things that they actually sound a lot worse than what they are in general but obviously bad shit still happens but yeah 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 well these girls were being drugged yeah right yeah and 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 forced to work yeah so um detective inspector hancock revealed that these girls had been also tattooed with the words property of matt m Um, one of the pictures that I saw, it has kind of like a crown over the P in property. One has like a halo. Um, it, they look like they've been professionally done. Like it's in like script. So did these girls believe they were in a relationship with that guy? We don't know yet. Okay. We don't know yet. Um, but yeah, they, they seem to be kind of like sort of on the ribs or, you know, lower back or hip and that kind of thing. And these are not small tattoos, you know, these are kind of. A few inches across. Yeah. Apparently, he was posting pictures of these tattoos on his Facebook mm-hmm. and kind of bragging about it. Yeah. And he was also saying things like, um, uh, get her pregnant, then throw her down the stairs and, and things like that. So he was not, he, you know, he was not careful with his beliefs about women 
or his views on women. Mm -hmm. Detective Hancock said this investigation has been confronting when you consider those aspects, the tattoos. Vulnerable young women being recruited, being drugged, being prostituted and being tattooed. That's pretty confronting. The women are now safe thanks to the information from members of the public and the diligence of our officers. We believe there are other victims who have been exploited by the man and I encourage them to come forward and contact police. This part is interesting. She also said, I think, oh, sorry. She also said it would be, I think, Fair to say that some of them do not understand they've been exploited. Yes. See, this is the thing. This That's is... what you were saying. Because mm. in Australia we don't have tend to have the general sex or human trafficking that um, you see sensationalised on the, on the TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cases where generally women and younger women are in a relationship they believe with a guy. Yeah. And, you know, and they end up. You know, quite often they'll even offer um, to go to work. Like, oh, he needs the drugs. He needs the drugs so badly. Oh, I can, I can do this. To I'll help take him. one for the team. Yeah, exactly. And it starts like that. And they, and the men always have this intention, or they think it's just easy. Or I don't know. It's almost like they're in a cult, mm. or like they believe like they're in this like a family. Yeah. And they've probably been targeted as vulnerable people. Like, come, you know, live with us. Um, you know, we've got this big house, we've got loads of drugs, it's going to yeah. be a full-on party all the time. You just yeah. have to chip in by working a little bit all the time, you yeah. know, and, like, you know, respect this guy because it's his house and you're living under his roof. Yeah. So it probably can, the lines of consent and crime could be quite sort of blurred for them. Yeah, very much so because once you have a, a guy in your mind like that, Oh, you know, you look at codependency and all that sort of stuff. You really can't perceive the world independently anymore. You're perceiving it through his lens almost mm-hmm. because he's warping your mind so much. Yep. And he's your carer because mm-hmm. that's what he's told you. Yep. Like he's doing this for you. Yeah. You know, it's 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 for the family. It's for the group. You know, do your bit and we'll all be great. Yeah. And um, so it's just, yeah. And then, then once again, there's issues like with the tattooing. See, in the kink scene, we have branding as a thing for as as a consensual choice mm-hmm. to be branded as property of somebody. And that reminds me of that being perverted again. Once again, all these things about... The, the kink yeah. community is so different, though. Yeah, we're so different. And, yeah, and then... This happens because and it's, it's consensual, like... and not just is it not not only is it consensual, but there's a lot of very vocal rules, and it's all about etiquette. Etiquette yeah. is so important in the kink community. Yeah, um, you know, and it's very much. And there's forums. There's you know, there's there's pages that you can go to to learn about it, and you can you know before you go to it, like a kink party or or whatever you want to go to a dungeon or whatever. You know, people are made very aware of what the etiquette is. Yeah. So, yeah, and it just just makes me, when I see things like this where it's just been perverted, it's like this perverted version that's just horrible. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's been twisted and turned into something really, really 
horrible and yeah. And also, I mean, have you ever been in a situation like a kid situation where, say, you've been a sub and there's been a dom and been like, um, hey, come and live at my house for two weeks and I'll get you addicted to heroin? <laughs> no, I can't say no that I've ever had that situation. No. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about the clients Don't themselves. mix kink and drugs. <laughs> well, you know, look, consent, consent, consent. Consent, yeah. Um, talking about the clients themselves in this situation, it's pretty easy for us to think that these clients that are going to this house and, and, and purchasing these services are these kind of like, in my mind, it's like these big sort of, you know, huge businessmen with cigars and, you know, slapping each other on the back and that kind of thing. Um, but the detective, this is interesting and I want your opinion on it. The detective says, it's quite hard, I think, for clients to understand if someone's being exploited. If there are any clients who want to speak to the police, we'd encourage that. Is she just playing good cop? Hmm. It really, it's really hard to say because you do tend to have different clients in different areas of the city and what type of establishment you are and stuff. So, like, you could be in an area where clients are mainly like from other like immigrants and stuff like that that mm-hmm. might not speak very good English okay and might not be aware of our customs um so they they could honestly be cases like that but then there's other um, the fat businessmen with cigars the, yeah if you if you're high if you're high class or should I say high price point I don't like to put classism into it um yeah that's a tricky one so because without knowing the type of clientele because it varies so much. We can only speculate. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. it's so true. So true. Um, so Matthew Mark Crow was charged with 10 offences, including conducting a business involving servitude, unlawful prostitution, drug possession, possessing tainted property, I don't know what that means, and recordings that breach the Privacy Act. Um, and Ms. Sawyer, who Crystal, his girlfriend, she's, she was charged with knowingly carrying on the business of unlawful prostitution. And she was granted bail. When they were um, in court, actually, Sawyer yelled over to Marco, I'll take care of everything for you. Ah, she sounds like a classy bird. Oh, it's hilarious. There's a video of her. She gets really angry with a photographer that's taking a picture of her outside court and she chases after him and she falls. She's like full on face plants. (laughs) (laughs) She ain't classy. (laughs) She's like... You're not allowed to take photos of me without my consent. And he goes, oh, yeah, I am actually. And then she runs after him. Because I'm sure she knows the laws so well. So well. Um, So Mr. Mark Crow uh, appeared in the Brisbane Magistrates Court and blew kisses to his supporters. There were these two chicks there that were there to support him. I don't know what that was about. He He got groupies. He's got groupies. He did not apply for bail. And I read he was on a return to prison warrant. I don't know what that is. Return to prison warrant. I'm not familiar with that either. I, that's something I have to look up. Like, has he been in prison before? I'm not really certain. I don't know. Things have changed. Like, even, like, since I went straight E180, the, even the laws in New South Wales changed. I don't know the criminal system inside out anymore. It's like, what? Mm, mm. It's like COVID mask rules. Who knows what's going on now? <laughs> 
Um, so after this initial story initial story came out this week, it was revealed that nine alleged victims have come forward to police, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, good for the case. Yeah. As a result, Matthew Macro was charged with 13 new offences, including six counts of conducting business involving servitude, four counts of supplying dangerous drugs, and one count of grievous bodily harm. Uh, what say you? So were all the women over 18? We don't know. Don't know. We just know that there are nine alleged victims. Yeah. So nine people have come forward and said, yes, I've something, something happened with this person and they've either got out and maybe they've been threatened not to say anything. Who's doing the tattooing? Well, tattooist. <laughs> I guess like they've basically gone, right, we're going out of the tattoo studio. You're going to shut up. You're going to have a great time and you're just going to sit still. Did the women feel like prisoners though? Or We don't know. Yeah, see, this is the thing. It's very It's different. such a new case. Yeah, because it's very different to like, you know, sit there, shut up and you'll get tattooed or uh, like a starstruck girl going and going, hi, oh, I love you. He's wonderful. I'm the property of him. And going, yeah. And so it's just like getting... I don't know, whatever dipshit's name tattooed on you. I think you're absolutely right. I think it could definitely, that could definitely have been the case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, R. Kelly, you know, they called him daddy. Yeah. They still are loyal to him, Mm -hmm. even though he's in prison. Yeah. He has been charged with rape. He has been charged with, you know, crimes involving underage girls. Yep. Everybody knows what he is, but there are just these brainwashed people mm-hmm. uh, that won't listen, that won't have it. Mm. But it doesn't mean it's not a crime. It doesn't mean it's not a crime. And it's hard to it be great without knowing more and knowing what these women, their thoughts are on it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, It'll come out. Once yeah. we have convictions, we'll hear more. And there'll yeah. probably be documentaries. Current affair will probably go go up. <laughs> yeah, an event might come out of retirement for she that could. episode. Yeah, yeah. Dimity will probably be there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, can we get the the master from the from the show last night? Yes. Yeah. Maybe he can ride his horse up there yeah. and see what's going on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to just. Um, Put out there some numbers. If you're in a relationship that you think is abusive, just want to talk to someone, you can contact Relationships Australia. It's 1-800-050-321. There's also Lifeline 131114. There's also 1-800-RESPECT. If you're going through anything, you feel like you're in danger, you feel uncomfortable, you feel like something's not right, reach out to someone. They're not the police. They're not going to come ramming down your door. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's just a discreet way that you can talk to someone. Yeah. And um, and I just want to say to anybody who might be feeling like they're doing sex work to help their boyfriend or because their boyfriend or or whatever, just do walk away. Yeah. You you can walk away at. Any time, well, I know some people are abusive and you can't always, but, yeah, if you can, just walk away. That You should not be doing sex work unless it's your choice 
for you. Nobody else should be taking your money. Mm-hmm. Nobody else should be benefiting sort of thing. It's your choice, your agency over your body. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Okay. Right, yeah, because I remember when we when you first started the show, mm-hmm. however long ago that was, back in series one, and, like, I've sent you an email going, oh, yeah, I'd love to listen to the episode. Yes. It's great. And I sent you the, the email telling you about the haunted house I used to live in. Tell us the story in real time now. Okay, right, yeah. So we've got to set the scene. Okay. Okay, so on Rwadjuri country in New South Wales, mm-hmm. Now, Wiradjuri is the largest tribal land out of any of the tribes in Australia, so it's huge, but the area we're talking is, like, semi-desert. The only reason why it's farmland or farmable is because of the irrigation that they brought in. Okay. Okay, so now we're matching the picture. Yeah, country. Yeah, country. So my grandparents' house was built in 1912, so it's over 100 years old. Wow. And it was actually originally the little Hamlet's town hall, like dance hall. So it was that for however many years, and then it was sold to a guy that lived in it with his pigs. Yeah, it was it was really odd, and he was an asshole, an utter ass. So he lived in the house or the dance hall with his pigs, oh. and his wife lived in the shed down the back, and was a seamstress that made most of the little areas like wedding dresses and stuff like that. You know, special occasions. You'd, That's a creepy story right there. Yeah, you'd rock up to the shed in the back. She'd make your dress. The husband be living in the house with the pigs. I'm really worried about like the foundations, like the wood, like the the, the floorboards, and like the urine and <laughs> yeah. the rot. That's probably why they all started to warp in later years. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. So my grandparents, I think it must have been the early seventies, they brought the house, and so they brought the house. They added a kitchen, a bathroom, put a great big wall across the middle of the dance floor in so the house had two huge rooms, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. And then when my grandmother died, I moved into the house. And so my eldest, she was just a little one, just a baby. And it started off just minor shit. You thought you just thought you were going crazy. Pig noises? No, no, no. Not the pig noises, funnily <laughs> enough. <laughs> so it started off like shit would move. You'd you'd set the mousetrap and then in the morning you'd wake up and it'd be on the mantelpiece. Oh, and, how weird. Yeah, and you'd be like, did I? No, I'm sure I did. No, no. and it, you'd start, I started to think I was going crazy. Questioning yourself. You, yeah, exactly, questioning yourself. And then I started deliberately going, no, I'm set it right where I set it. And then, no, but on the mantelpiece the next morning. And it's like, what? And, like, my daughter was a baby. She was not moving no. the, the mousetrap. Can't reach the mantelpiece. No, no. <laughs> and so, so I went from that to, like, um, there was other weird stuff, like my mugs. I had this really anal habit that I had to line the mugs in all their different sets, exact lines. Yep. And then, like with the handles going the same direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. And then they'd get all jumbled up. And it'd be like, <sighs> Yep. 
But I kept thinking, oh, it must be Gran. Because, like, Gran, when she was dying, she promised to always stay with my daughter and watch over my daughter. And I'm like, oh, it's just Gran. This is Gran's old house. You know, she said she'd watch over my daughter. And I'd be like, I'd sometimes even get frustrated and get like, fucking hell, Gran, stop fucking with the mugs. (laughs) It's just like, ah, okay. And then one night I was actually um, in bed, which was her old bed because I was using all her old furniture. Mm Mm-hmm. And I felt somebody sit on the end of the bed. That old chestnut. Yes. yes. It's and like Ghost 101. <laughs> and you could like see the dent in the doona that was the like. The butt? Yeah, the butt shaped dent in the doona. And you could feel the weight and there was nobody there. And I'm shitting myself. Holy cow. And I'm just like trying to say to myself, look, it's only grand. It's only grand. It's only grand. There's nothing to be scared of. It'd just be grand. It's fine. It's fine. It's really fine. Yep. Yep. Was this in the dark, like yeah, in the nighttime? Yeah. Like you just woke up and you're like, oh, uh, that was weird. Yeah. And it was, it was just, uh, I have no words to describe how much it full on felt like a person sitting on my feet on the end of the bed. Hmm. And so it was just like, oh, okay. But all this time I was like, oh, it's just grand. You know, I yeah. just need to deal with it. It's kind of nice that she's around, but freaky at the same time. So... And it's like, so this has gone on over time and over a, a few years. And then, um, and I've sort of just gotten used to all these things happening around me. And my daughter's father's family actually has the site running in the family. And so my daughter inherited the site as one would would call it, I suppose. The shining. The shining. <laughs> the sensitivity. <laughs> the sensitivity. And so we're in the shower. Like, I didn't really realise it then that she had the sight, but I um, we're in the shower one day and my shower was one of those old, um, you know, with the three partitions of glass that slide back and they get real stiff. and Yeah, the 80s one. Yeah, and this yeah. particular one, <laughs> it was stuck. So it was stuck however many inches wide, just but not just enough that I would have to squeeze it again every yeah. time I had a shower. But there was no moving that glass door for your life. There was like, I'm a fat person, you know, I would love some extra room to get into the shower. <laughs> there was no moving it. She's stuck. <laughs> She's stuck. So I'm standing there, I'm in the shower with my daughter one day, and all of a sudden it flies wide open. What? Yeah. And I'm shitting myself. And my like daughter, there's probably about three at the time, I suppose, she was like, Mummy, there's a man standing there. Uh. Oh. Yeah. And I was just like, I believe you. I believe you. I was just like. And that was. Oh, my God. Did you go full Gandalf? Like, <laughs> you shall not pass. No, I just shat myself. <laughs> because I was Naked. <laughs> place for it really then it just runs down the drain you know it's all good swish swish the water nobody knows (laughs) but it was funny because I've always because like hanging around with her father's family and and the talks that they would have about you know old grandmother saw this or aunt saw this or whatever you know back in the day yeah and I'd always been conscious of oh if I ever had a kid that could see the ghosts I would totally believe them and support them and I wouldn't like suppress it like people do so they lose the gift because it's an amazing gift and rah, rah. so I'm standing there shitting myself my daughter's seen a ghost and I'm like I believe you I believe you but I am fucking terrified mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> so that, that, was this like broad daylight? Yeah, this is broad daylight. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Uh, definitely not my grandmother. She looked nothing like a man. Well, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, your da- your daughter yeah. said there yeah. is a man. Yeah, she said there is a man standing there, and um, and Gran wouldn't want to perv on me in the shower. <laughs> it's like so. Up until now, the self talk had always been, "Oh, it's Gran, and I'm safe still." And then this was the moment of, "Holy fuck." Mm-hmm. Maybe this all these goings on isn't Gran, and then and then you hear like a finger sliding through uh, uh, on on the on the mirror in fog, <laughs> and it's and it writes a dick pic. <laughs> a dick pic, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> like real high class ghost. Yeah, yeah. There's some things never change. No, no. <laughs> My mind and sense of humor, it never comes out of the gutter. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like some people think like when we die, we get this kind of like angelic knowledge, you know, uh, and, and, and no sense of humor. But I, I'm not so sure that's going to happen with all people. No, no, no. <laughs> so an interesting thing and then happened probably about a week later. I was at work and a guy I worked with at, mom, at work, his mum was all into like the hysterical or however you pronounce it, all that shit. See, I'm not a person into that sort of thing. I am just fine with what I can see and touch. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and he just, like, he's come up to me and goes, I know this sounds really random and weird. He goes, but my mum was out on the astral plane last night. I'm like, sure. Okay. Yeah, cool. And he's And he's just gone, and she saw that there's a guy at your house. There's, there's this presence at your house. And he doesn't mean you well. Uh, uh, and he's a perv. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm like, he's a shower perv. <laughs> he is. So this totally unrelated thing that nobody else knew what had happened to our shower. And then this guy has just come up and said that. I'm like, hmm, thinking, funny, you should say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So That's creepy as. That was rather creepy. And then sometime later, I don't know how long the gap you know my daughter kept seeing things around the house and like and seeing people and I I just shit myself every time and I think like she doesn't have the sight anymore and I think that they grow out of it yeah they they? grow out of it and everybody says oh it's because they tell them that it's not real and I'm like I was telling you she was real so maybe it's because she saw how terrified I was no kids just grow out of it because I think because like you know being born is like being close to death in a backwards mm. way and it's yeah. like they say that they're closer to the veil okay you know right. for the other side because they've come like from the other side into the world okay and then as they grow older they're growing further and further away from that that other side ah. and they're forgetting it just like okay. you know forgetting memories because some some kids will be like oh i was a a, a pilot in the second world war and my name was Gareth oh and <laughs> and my best mate was Sam and you know whatever and they remember all this stuff and we went down over the the English channel and blah blah yeah. blah and then later on like years later they're like yeah apparently I used to say this weird stuff and I don't remember it yeah so the final big kicker mm-hmm. was that um I was had some couple of friends over and we're all sitting around the in the lounge room and um my grandmother, before she died, she wasn't very mobile. So dad had run her her own um, 
phone line to a phone, like mounted a phone on the wall right next to her chair where she always sat. Mm-hmm. So Andy. yeah, mm-hmm. so she could just reach up and answer the phone. She didn't have to actually try and get out of the chair. Yeah. And so in the years since the multitude through the wire, the phone didn't work. The Telstra guy had yelled at dad for running his own phone line. Girl, you needed a cat. <laughs> you had to get a couple of cats. <laughs> I actually had cats back then, actually. <laughs> well, they're um, not doing their job. Not doing their job. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but the, the phone hadn't worked for, for years. And, um, and so I, I'd actually unplugged it out of the phone jack. But it was still attached to the wall because mm, Dad had mounted yeah, it on with yeah, screws. Yeah, it was just unplugged. Yeah. yeah. So my friends are over visiting and the phone starts ringing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting there and my friends are looking at me going, you can answer that. And I'm like, yeah, nah. nah. And they're going, no, seriously, we don't mind. If you take the phone call, I'm like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. And like they could, they must have thought that I was was trying to be polite or something by not answering the phone. I'm like, no, no, that's right. It's fine. And then I'm like, seriously, grab the phone. It could be anybody. It could be important. And I'm just like, look at the cord. Look at the phone jack. And then they've like looked and seen that it wasn't plugged in and that it was still ringing. And then they've shit themselves. <laughs> and then there was no one in the house. <laughs> so I'm not crazy. I'm not the, and the only one. Cards are it. screeching down the road. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And you're like, great. Yeah. <laughs> so then did it just stop ringing? Yeah, it just stopped ringing. I never answered it. it just oh, stopped ringing. I wanted to know what would happen if you answered oh, it. No. You can answer that. Fuck not. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I hear you talking about going, oh, yeah, I want to see guys on this. I'm more, no, no. You can keep that shit for yourself. <laughs> Fuck right off with that shit. At least your friends were there. <laughs> can you imagine if you'd been on your own and that started ringing? Oh, God. Like, imagine if I had been when I thought the ghosts were just Gran and I had to try to answer it, trying to talk to Nan, Gran or something, and it wasn't Gran. <sighs> That would have been horrible. Anyway, I'm really glad I didn't answer that phone. Yeah, cool. Did yeah. you um, ever take the phone down? Nah, screw the wall. Dad did a dad did a dad job. Screw right. It to the so wall. it's, it wasn't not, coming it's off. not coming down till till demolition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. That was a really good story. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, the, the paranormal stuff is, is my favourite. Yeah. It really is. I love, I love hearing people's travel stories and paranormal stories. They're my favourite things. Like if I'm at a barbecue or something like that and someone's like, I went to Peru, I'm like, hello, my name is Gemma. You know, people are like, and my auntie saw this spectre and it was sitting at the end of her bed and I'm like, hello, I'm Gemma. <laughs> Oh god! When people say the ghosts aren't real, I'm like, oh fuck it, they are. I wish they were, but they fucking are. Okay. Uh, where can people follow your podcast? My mum is a porn porn star. My mum is a porn star. You can find us on all the the big sort of platforms. Yep. Uh, we're on Insta. Um, I, f- I, I know that on Spotify you're more up to date because on iTunes I noticed that your r- most recent episode's not there. Oh, okay. Yeah, the one where you were talking with your colleagues. Yeah. Oh, Anchor, get on the job, mate. Catch up. <laughs> and can I just say, no holds barred. Yeah, yeah, if definitely. If you want to know anything about the sex industry. Sex, kink. Um, it's actually supposed to be sex education. Clients. <laughs> um 
<laughs> preparing for a booking, um, different types of clients, different anatomies, yeah, um, weird things that they do during bookings. Poo jokes. I, I talk about. Obviously, shit a bit. there's a lot of humor. <laughs> there's there's a lot of humor, but there's a there's a lot of discussion, a lot and a lot of um you know crazy crazy stories. So if yeah. you're into that kind of thing, um check out my mum as a porn star. Yeah, there's like everything you could possibly think of, just about, and a lot of stuff that you haven't ever thought of. Probably. Yeah. 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 Um, and. I suppose the premise of the show actually started with my daughter. Yes. To get the sex education out there to people that, because um, we had shit job of doing sex education in this country. Mm-hmm. And um, if even using a condom, um, we're not taught properly how to use a condom. Okay. The average person does not actually know how to use a condom properly. Right. And so um, all that sort of stuff, I'm trying to get the information out there and yeah. Okay. With, with a bit of humour. <laughs> and also, if anyone has any, like, weird questions that they want answered, like I said, like, this chick will say anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, send absolutely. her a message and she'll address it. Yeah. Just send yeah. it to me on Twitter, not Insta, because Insta with their censorship stuff, they get really funny if you talk about sex in your in your DMs and stuff. Even in your DMs? Even in your DMs. If they consider you... For whatever reason, you get flagged in their system, then they monitor your DMs and you can get shut down for what other people send you in your DMs even. Wow. Yeah. Huh. This is all the ways they try to de-platform sex work and sex wow. workers. We're going to have to bring bring back house phones. We're going to have to go analog. We're going to have to talk to people's faces. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Uh, honey, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you. For My mum is a porn star. Check them out on Spotify uh, and iTunes and all the other things. Yeah, we're on all the things. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, until next time, you guys, be creepy. But don't be a creep. Woo! <laughs> Thank you to Honey from be- for being here with me. I really, really appreciate you coming all this way. Okay. Um, you don't it? want to do the duo story? 20... We've, we've reached time. Holy shit. Are we not finished? Well, no. You... <laughs> Let's go back. <gasps> <laughs> all right.